Amen. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Well, you can do a little bit better than that. How's everybody doing this morning? There you go. There you go. God is good. Well, welcome to Northside. We're glad that you are here. I'm glad to be back. Had a good time in Florida, but we miss being uh, with our church family. So we are glad to be back. Would you take a moment and welcome those around you?
All right, if you'll return to your seats. If you'll return to your seats. While you're returning to your seats, uh, hey, Ryan and Michael, I'm going to call an audible on the praying the scripture. It's Matthew 28, 20. I don't know if you can get that up there in, in, a, in a minute or two, but that'll be, I'm going to call an audible on that. Well, good morning. Welcome to uh, Northside. We are glad that you are here. If this is your first time with us or maybe first time in a long time, thank you for being here. We just want you to know that we've been praying for you. We want to be a blessing and an encouragement to you any way that we can. If this is your first time, or, or maybe you've never done this before, it would be very helpful for me um, and our staff if you would let us know. And you can do that by scanning the QR code or there's a connection card out there in the foyer. Um, if you could just take a moment and do one of those, again, that would really help us and we're thankful that you are here. We have a busy day. We have a lot going on. Uh, we have plenty of announcements that I want to highlight, things that I want you to be aware of. And so one of those is next Sunday night, we have our quarterly conference so we have to announce that in advance and it's there in the bulletin we want you to be aware of that um, we have an opportunity to serve this coming up Saturday at bridging the gap all the information is there just please sign up if you are going to come and participate we want you to be part of that um, children's church workers we are in need of some more children's church workers. We've had some things going on, some sickness, and then other things that are going to prevent people from helping for a little while. So if you're willing to jump in to be one of our lead teachers, maybe permanently, we try that nobody's on the schedule more than once a month. That's ideal. But if you are interested in helping, will you please see Miss Tracy um, and let her know we are in need of at least another one or two. So please, if you're thinking, hey, how can I get involved? How can I serve? It's only about the time that I preach, so about 30 minutes, and you're the lead teacher. You've got plenty of help in there, um, but we need some help. So please, um, if you're not serving, would you think about doing that? Um, our senior friends, this Thursday, uh, February 23rd at 11.30 a.m., they're celebrating everyone's birthday. So it's going to be a fun time. to Not everyone's in like the church, but... Uh, the seniors and I was told the seniors is 60 and up so if you're 60 and up they're going to celebrate your birthday whether you're here or not so you might as well be here to be part of that celebration but we need you to sign up so you're going to be waiting in line hopefully you know as you go through to get food you're going to walk right by the connect board just throw your name on there um, they're asking that you bring a wrap gift a value of around twenty dollars um, and just come hang out and, and have fun. One other thing that I want to emphasize is our if gathering is quickly approaching. Um, and if you are interested in that, we need you to sign up. And so they're going to be available today. You can sign up right out here. You're going to be in the foyer area. They'll be in the foyer. That's for ladies. So ladies, please stop by um, and sign up. Fill out that form. Um, it'll be a good time of fellowship for you all. Um, that weekend and so man it's just a, a great day to be in the house of the Lord I'm switching the praying the scripture to Matthew 28 which is where we're going to be this morning we're going to be in Matthew 28 this morning and then next week as well our focus is going to be what is our mission what is God called us to do so we're going to get an overview of that today and then next week we're going to be a little more practical okay how are we going to live that out here at Northside what does that look like? What are the things that we're going to focus on? And so we're going to do the four B's that we talk about, believing, right, belonging, becoming, and then going beyond 
our walls to share the gospel. But then we're also going to give you some other words, things that we're going to begin to emphasize in every area and ministry as we seek to be on the same page living out the mission. And so this morning we'll be in Matthew 28, but I just want to look at the last part of verse 20, and I want you to take a moment and just pray through this, and then I'll pray for us. And it says this, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What a beautiful promise that Jesus gives his disciples before he leaves them, before he sends them out on this mission, and a promise that still rings true for us today. And so would you take a moment and just pray through that? Just thank God that he is with us to the end of the age. Draw comfort from that this morning, and then I will pray for us and we'll continue to worship together. Father, we thank you for the comfort that is given in this verse. That you are with us always to the end of the age. We thank you, Father, that we see that fulfilled in Acts when you pour out the Holy Spirit. From our time in Ephesians, as we've seen that we are indwelt with the very presence of God, the Holy Spirit. God, you never forsake us, you never leave us. In, in the moments of rejoicing, God, you are there with us. And so today as a church, it's, a, it's an important time in the life of Northside as we celebrate 20 years of faithfulness, of endurance for Curtis and Ann as they've served Northside so well. But God, even going beyond that, just their time and ministry, thank you for that. You've been with them every step of the way on the mountains, God, and in the valleys, you've been with them. Father, we thank you that God, you're with us even in the midst of pain and difficulty. And Lord, we've seen that in the life of our church in the past week and a half or two. Whether it's, it's the loss of a mother, whether it is a car accident and having to deal with the pain and the recovery of that, God, we've seen that even in that you are with Lanny and, and Wanda, and we continue to pray for their recovery. And Father, we've seen that you're with us even in the loss of a spouse, a husband, as Miss Karen has had to walk through this past week. God, you're there. You sustain us. You never leave us. In those hardest moments of our life, God, you sustain us. It is only by your grace and only through your strength, God, that we can navigate these difficult waters and difficult times. God, you have never promised that it would be easy. That's a lie that many have taught that, God, you'll just, if we give our life to you, it'll be health, wealth, and prosperity, and everything will go well. Father, you're not promised that. In fact, you tell us we're going to suffer, that we're going to go through persecution. When you send the disciples out, Jesus, you know they're going to be met with some challenges along the way as they seek to fulfill this great commission. But even in it, Jesus, you say, I will be with you always to the end of the age. So God, thank you. Right now, you are with us. You are among us. In Christ, God, you indwell us. May your spirit fill this place. And if there is anyone here today that does not know the hope of Jesus, 
the hope that sustains us in the hardest of times. Oh God, may they repent of their sins. May they turn from their wicked ways. May they believe, call upon you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior of their life today. Father, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? Let's worship together.
Amen. Amen. Thank you, choir. All right, at this time, our children are going to make their way out for Children's Church, so both ages, so y'all can make your way out there. Everyone else, if you'll take your copy of God's Word and turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. Famous words. We're going to look at a statement by Jesus this morning that is very famous. Everyone in here has probably heard a sermon about these words at some point in your life. Famous words. There there happens to be moments. You catch these moments, whether it's in a movie or a speech, in which a line just lives on, and everybody knows how to finish the line. And so I've got six of those for you um, this morning. Most of you in this room, unless you're young, are going to know these. I may date myself on some of these. but um, So you have Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. See, most of you, if all of you knew that. From Apollo 13, Houston, we have a problem. Forrest Gump. My mama always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, right? J.F. Kennedy in a speech. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Franklin D. Roosevelt, yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. One more, Martin Luther King Jr. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Famous words, whether it's in a movie or in a speech, words matter. And sometimes, as in the case of all six of these, words have a lasting impact. We remember them. In our text this morning, Jesus gives some final words, words that will become famous words. And in Jesus' case, they're famous last words. I want you to notice three things as we work our way from verses 16 through 20. Three things. I want you to notice the claim. Jesus makes a claim. And then I want you to notice the mission. And then I want us to see the promise. Now listen, we talk a lot about the mission, and rightly so. There is a mission that we are all commanded and called to here in these verses. But I want you to understand the mission that's given to the disciples is sandwiched in between a claim Jesus makes and then a promise that Jesus gives. We know the mission. Don't overlook the claim and the promise. So if you have your copy of God's Word, would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. Matthew 28, verses 16 Through 20. This is the word of the Lord. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Father, you have given us a mission. But you have also made a claim 
and a promise that enables us to fulfill this great commission. So Lord, may we be found faithful in making disciples. And if we're going to be faithful in making disciples, we must recognize that all authority Jesus has been given to you, and we go in that authority, and we go knowing that you are with us to the end of the age. Thereby, we can fulfill the mission that you give to your people. Speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Notice, first of all, this morning, the claim. Now, we'll get to the claim in verse 18, but I want you to notice verse 16 and 17 first. Now, the 11 disciples, verse 16, went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Now, let's back up just a tad. Matthew 28, verse 7. This is the angel speaking here, right, to the women. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. So Jesus has been crucified, raised from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. And then just a couple verses later, Jesus speaks himself to the women. Do not, verse 10, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And then verse 16, they go to Galilee. Now listen, we can actually go further back than this. We can go all the way back to Matthew chapter 4 in verse 12. It says, now when they heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. Verse 18, while walking by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. It all starts in Galilee. And now, in Matthew 28, the disciples go to the place Jesus had told them. But prior to Jesus' crucifixion, in Matthew 26, verse 32, we read these words. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. So picture this. Here are the 11 disciples, and there may have been more, but we know the 11 were there. We know Judas has hung himself, so you're, you go from 12 to 11, and there they are. They're waiting on the mountain there in Galilee where Jesus had told them when suddenly, it tells us, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. They see Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, raised from the dead, and he appears to the disciples, and they worship him. But then notice what else Matthew writes. But some doubted. Even in seeing the resurrected Lord, some still doubt. And maybe this morning you're worshiping or maybe you're doubting. You're in one of those two camps. But here, many begin to worship. Some begin to doubt, and it's there in Galilee, on the mountain, that Jesus speaks. The final words recorded for us in the Gospel of Matthew. And here's the claim. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority, notice that word all, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. Now listen, this isn't just power or ability. We've seen Jesus as God, his power and his ability in the Gospels. This is the right to do something. Jesus has the right. All authority has been given to him. Nothing, hear me, nothing happens outside the authority of Jesus Christ. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now we have seen, if you study the Gospels, 
We see powerful glimpses of Christ's authority and his divinity during his three years of ministry. We see his authority over unclean spirits, over sickness, over leprosy, over sin, the power to forgive sin. We, we see his power over nature. We even see his power over death and raising Lazarus from the dead. But now Jesus stands before them as one who has been crucified, killed, and resurrected. And he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We've spent a year plus in Ephesians, and we spend weeks in Ephesians 6, where we see that Jesus even has authority over Satan, right, and the demonic forces. All authority has been given to Jesus. This is a fulfillment of Daniel chapter 7. Right, our Sunday night Bible study has been working through Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. Right, Jesus often used, and others used, son of man, referring to Jesus. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Jesus fulfills this. He has a kingdom, a dominion. It's been given to him. All authority is his. Alistair Begg says, this is a claim that only Jesus Christ can make. You don't have authority. And if you do have authority, it's very limited. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Now, we often speak of Jesus as being our personal Lord and Savior. And hear me, He is. Yes and amen. You are not saved unless you personally call out to the name of Jesus. You can't take your parents or your grandparents' faith and make it yours. You must personally cry out to Jesus. So yes, that's true. He is personal Lord and Savior. But hear me, He is much more than that. Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, whether you confess or believe it or not. You don't have to confess it. Now, one day you will. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess. But right now, you can be in your heart cursing Jesus Christ. But hear me, he still is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He has all authority. It's been given to him. And this King of Kings and Lord of Lords is about to send out his followers with a specific mission. And the mission that he gives to them is the very same mission he's given to us. But Jesus reminds them before he sends them, I've been given all authority, therefore you are to go in my name. Listen, church, you and I have only one authority, and that is the authority of God and the authority of his word. And therefore, when we go on this mission, we go proclaiming the authority of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. We don't go claiming our opinions. My opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't mean squat. It's the Word of God and the authority of God. And so we go in the authority of Jesus Christ, and therefore Jesus gets all the glory. So all authority belongs to Jesus. Therefore, go, therefore, he says, and here's the mission, verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe 
all that I have commanded you. Let me just give you an overview of that. In those couple verses, we see multiple verbs. Go, make disciples, baptizing, teaching. Four verbs. Only one is a command. The other three are participles. One command, go do this. The participles then are, this is how you do it. So which is the command? The command is make disciples. You're not commanded to go. You are commanded to make disciples. How do you make disciples? By going, by baptizing, and by teaching. The command is make disciples. Now, we're going to talk more next week about what a disciple looks like and, and, and how we're going to flesh that out here at Northside. But when we talk about a disciple, right, it's just one who's following Jesus. It's a, it's a follower of Jesus, right? And so the command is make disciples of all nations. A disciple is a learner. It is a follower. In this case, a follower of Jesus Christ. So we are to make disciples. To make disciples, though, has to have a starting point. So what's the starting point? Well, the starting point is you have to confess Jesus as Savior and then follow him as Lord. That's the starting point. We want to see people profess faith in Jesus Christ and then commit their life to him as Savior and Lord. At the end of the Gospel of Luke, Luke fills us in on a little bit more of what Jesus says. Luke 24 46, it says, and he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name. So that's what we're proclaiming. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins. That if you would repent of your sins and believe upon the name of Jesus, he will save you from your sins. He will forgive you from your sins Ephesians 1 7 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace right in 1 Corinthians 15 right he talks about right we proclaim Christ crucified and raised from the dead right for the forgiveness of sins we, we preach this we proclaim this this is our mission that we are to make disciples of what all nations now, we often think of that as political nations, like the United States of America. That's not so much nations, it's more people groups. That we are to go to the ends of the earth, the reached and the unreached, every people group, every tribe. We want everyone to hear the name of Jesus and to call upon the name of Jesus. So the command is make disciples. Jesus says in Luke, we'll look at this next week, fully trained disciples. So how do we do that? We're not just making converts. We're just not making disciples in name only, but fully trained disciples. We'll look at that next week. But based upon these verses, how do we live out this command? There's three participles. The first one is the word go. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Now, it's interesting. In the English, we have the word and. Go, therefore, and make disciples. But in the Greek... The English word and, the Greek word for and, doesn't appear. We put and because it makes it easier for us to read. But it's, it's literally, 
Go therefore, make disciples of all nations. Or we could literally read it, as you go, as you're going, you make disciples. We go. And as we go, we are to make disciples. I heard a pastor say a couple weeks ago, Christ's last command ought to be my first priority. Christ's last command that I am to go make disciples ought to be my first priority. It ought to be your first priority that we make disciples. Go, therefore. You know what I'm about to say, right? What's the therefore? Therefore. See, famous words. I don't know who originally said that, but we know it. What's the therefore, therefore? So look what happens. Verse 16. Right? They're there. They're waiting on Jesus. 17. Jesus shows up, and what do they do? They worship him. Jesus is worthy of worship. Therefore, go. Our desire ought to be every knee bowing and every tongue confessing that Jesus is Lord. Why? Because only Jesus is worthy of that. And if our desire is that every tongue confess and every knee bow, then we got to go. We have to tell people. Go across the street. Go to Ecuador. Go where the Lord leads us. We have to go. Go therefore. Well, what does he say in verse 18? All authority has been given to me. Go therefore. Like you're going in my name. I'm going to save. You go and you make disciples. Go. As you go. That ought to be a priority. We've got to go. Make disciples. But then he gives us another participle. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Baptizing. Interesting. Make disciples, fully trained disciples who love Jesus, who are becoming more like Jesus, who are following Jesus. And the first thing that comes after making disciples is what? Baptizing them. Our first act of obedience as a follower of Jesus Christ is baptism. Now, after we sing the song 10,000 Reasons, I'm going to bring one by one four different families up forward that we're going to present to you for membership. In the next several weeks, a couple months, we're going to have five people this morning that are coming forward to say they want to be baptized. They want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that excite anybody? Five people. Five people. Baptism is our first act of obedience. Hear me, baptism is critical to the mission. Not because it saves. Don't misunderstand. We're not baptizing these five folks because through baptism they're suddenly saved. Baptism is critical to the mission because it identifies us. In baptism, we are identifying with the person of Jesus Christ. We are identifying with the body of Christ. We are saying, listen, I've been buried with Christ. I've died to my sins as Christ was buried, so I have been buried, symbolized in the water, and I'm raised to walk in newness of life. Jesus says, save me, and I'm identifying with him, and I'm making that public, and therefore I'm identifying with the body of Christ. So hear me. You can't be a disciple if you're not willing to obey. Now listen, you can be saved and not follow the Lord in baptism. Like maybe you heard the gospel and 
Nobody has talked to you about baptism. You, you don't know anything of the scriptures. You just know I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And you cry out to Jesus. But you can't be a disciple unless you're willing to obey. Because a disciple comes under his master and says, I want to be like my master. I want to follow my master. I want to live like my master. And Jesus clearly says here that we are to baptize. If we are to go baptize, and that means people are to be baptized. You can't be a disciple without publicly acknowledging Jesus Christ. There are no secret Christians in the kingdom of God. And baptism is you publicly declaring, I now belong to Jesus. We baptize, look at this, in the name. Notice it's not plural. It's not in the names. We're not talking about three gods here. We're talking about one God and three persons. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let me quickly just say this. When you think of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel is inclusive. Now, we hear that word today in our culture, in a progressive world, we're like, oh, inclusivity, what is that talking about? But hear me, what does he say? We're to go make disciples of all what? Nations. Jesus isn't excluding anybody. He says, listen, you don't look at somebody and make judgments as to whether or not they deserve the gospel or not. You just go. Anyone, anyone can come, but the gospel is also exclusive. It's inclusive in that we are to go to the nations, but it is exclusive in that you come only in the name of Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's no salvation under heaven given among men by which we must be saved other than the name of Jesus. So there's good news for you today. The good news is anyone in here can be saved. If you have never believed in Jesus Christ, you have rejected him, you are living in sin, you're on your way to hell, and maybe this morning for the first time you're hearing this mission, this, this idea that Jesus loves us and died for us so that we could be saved, any can come, but hear me, you cannot come on your own terms. You must come in the name of Jesus, surrendering to his lordship and his kingship because he has all authority. So the gospel is inclusive, but it is exclusive at the same time. And then the last participle he gives, verse 20, teaching them, teaching them, making disciples requires teaching and training. We teach the gospel. We teach the full counsel of God's word. But look what Jesus says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we preach the gospel. We teach the full counsel of God's word. And then we call people to repent and to obey the Word of God. I know this is very controversial in 2023, but obedience to Jesus' words and commands are not optional. It's not optional to obey and follow the commands of Jesus. Again, not your interpretation of the commands of Jesus, but the commands of Jesus as given directly from Jesus. And so we are to be about teaching. Teaching not just so that we're filled with knowledge, but teaching that is evidenced through observing, that we observe all that Jesus has commanded us. I pulled one of my books off my shelf uh, as I was studying. It's called Deep Discipleship by J.T. English. And he made a couple quotes in there that I had underlined and just kind of speaks to where at times the church has failed. Um, he says, we have adopted philosophies of ministry that focus on growing crowds 
instead of growing Christians. Jesus doesn't say, hey guys, I want you to go build the biggest buildings you can build and draw the biggest crowds that you can draw. He says, I want you to go make disciples. He goes on to say, we think about how to keep people rather than how to form people. Just think about what the church has done over the last 20, 30, 40 years. Like we build bigger buildings and we try to get people to come and we try to be really creative in getting people to come. Like we can say, hey, we're going we're gonna to cook hot dogs and provide drinks. But here's the thing. There's always going to be another church who can do that better than we can. Somebody else may have better hot dogs than we have. Maybe they got a better griller than we got, right? And so we're trying to draw people in all of these ways. And then once we get them, whatever we use to get them here, we got to keep doing to keep them. And so that's why at Northside, we're just going to preach the gospel. Because the gospel will draw them and the gospel will keep them. And we're just going to build relationships with them and we want to see them become more and more like Christ. Listen, we teach and call people to repentance, faith, and a life of obedience because Jesus is not looking for people who will give lip service, but people who will give their very lives. He's not looking for people who just pray a prayer, but who are transformed by Jesus Christ. Not people who just fill out a card, but people who follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's the mission. And then he gives us the promise. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus had taught them. He trained them. He had modeled for them. Now he's getting ready to depart from them, to ascend back to the right hand of God the Father. And he says to them, he's already told them he was going to pour out the Spirit. He says, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. How in the world are they going to fulfill the marching orders of Jesus? I mean, think about this. you got 11 men. There is no email. There's no phones. There's no mass media. There's no TV or radio. They're there on the mountain. And Jesus says, this is what you're going to go do. I don't know what they were doing, but I would be looking at each other going, how in the world are the 11 of us going to do this? You know how they're going to do it? Because he says, I will be with you always to the end of the age. If Jesus doesn't say that, if Jesus doesn't pour out the Holy Spirit, the gospel dies. These men are killed off and the gospel will not spread. But when Jesus Christ is in us and he has all authority, all things are possible. All things are possible. I love what William Barclay writes. They were sent out as we are on the greatest task in history, but with them there was the greatest presence in the world. Matthew 28, 20. How it ends. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. How does it begin? And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with us. Christ was with them. Now the Spirit of God is with us. We know Acts chapter 1, where Jesus says, You'll be my witnesses. Power will come upon you. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Right? Jesus goes back up, and the angel's like, Hey, he's going to come the same way that he went. Like, go. You've got a mission to do. Go live out the mission. And thank God they obeyed. Thank God, these men who understood Jesus had all authority. He'd given them the mission. He promised to be with them. Thank God they were disciples who made disciples of Jesus Christ. So here's the question for us as we conclude. Will we too be obedient and faithful? 
We are under the authority of Jesus Christ. We know our marching orders. We too have received the Holy Spirit. Will the message stop with us? Will the mission cease on our watch? Listen, not too far from what I consider my hometown in Winchester, Kentucky, at Asbury and Wilmore, Kentucky, something is happening. Now, I've seen a lot of people like puffing it up, building it up, and I'm seeing more media presence, people flocking and getting in lines, and sometimes we can take something and sensationalize it, and the media gets involved. But then other people are kind of downplaying it. Like, is it really a revival? What's really going on there? The president of Asbury, this was, I think, a week ago, said this. I think it is wise to see this at the current phase as an awakening. Only if we see lasting transformation can we look back in hindsight and say, yes, this has been a revival. How many of you have been crying out to God for an awakening? How many of you have been crying out for a revival to take place? I'm going to be honest, I'm a little frustrated that so many people want to downplay this when we've been crying out to God for a revival. Are there some concerns? Possibly. Is it a revival? It's too early for us to say. But if it is a revival, what should be the result of what God's doing there and starting to do in other places and other colleges? Here should be the result. Those Young students who have been impacted with the gospel, their lives will be changed. Their lives will be transformed. And as they get older, they'll look back upon that moment that the Spirit of God worked through an awakening, through a revival that changed their life. But do you know what should be the outcome of what the Spirit of God is doing there? It's the same thing that they should have been doing for 2,000 plus years. And that is making disciples. That's the result. Jesus, bring a revival. Revive us again. Bring an awakening. Okay, he's done it. What do we do? The same thing Jesus said to them 2,000 plus years ago. Go make disciples. Keep spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing changes. It's just Jesus reminding us of what the mission has been all along. That people are lost, going to hell, and they need Jesus. And we have Jesus. And we are to take Jesus to them. Not so that we can applaud ourselves for seeing converts and Christians, but so that we can then begin to walk alongside of them so that we can see them become fully trained disciples of Jesus Christ who go make fully trained disciples of Jesus Christ. Church, that's the mission. Are you doing that personally? And how are we doing as a church? Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Father, we're about to sing 10,000 reasons. Oh Lord, we have 10,000 reasons to praise you, 10,000 reasons and more to celebrate and to rejoice in you. God, in a few minutes, we're going to do that as a church. We're going to hear, God, of men and women who have given their life to the Lord, who want to join what God's doing here at Northside. And so, Father, we just pray right now that your spirit would move in this place. If anyone is an unbeliever, lost, doesn't know you, Jesus, right now would they cry out, Lord Jesus, save me, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of forgiveness. 
I need to be made right with God, and only you, Jesus, can make me right. So I come confessing, repenting, but I also come kneeling before you, declaring you not only to be Savior, but Lord. And Father, if you are our Savior and our Lord, then Father, help us to ask the difficult question, how are we looking? When it comes to making disciples, are we being obedient? Are we being faithful? Whether it starts at home, which it does, goes into the workplace, where we go to school, the grocery store, wherever we go, are we making disciples? Are we pointing people to Jesus in our lives, through our words? Father, help us. Discipleship is hard. It's messy. It involves time, but it is worth it to see men and women's lives forever changed and yielded to Christ. Help us, Lord. May we just worship you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? Let's worship together. Let's sing together. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like
Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. We're going to praise the Lord for a few minutes before we go eat. So over the last couple of weeks, I've had the chance to have four different conversations with families or individuals expressing an interest to follow the Lord in baptism or to become a member here in Northside. So we're just going to go in the order in which I had the conversations. Uh, so the first is the Jenkins family. So if y'all want to come on up, we're just going to bring them up one at a time. So a cool story here is my very first Sunday, Jamie and her boys were actually here. They visited. That was their first Sunday here. Um, and then the Lord was kind of working their life, and they were visiting some other places and kind of settled in, but then the Lord brought them back. So in the middle is Jamie. Um, so they're, they're from Kentucky as well. This is some Kentucky <laughs> crew. We can't miss that. Um, so Jamie is coming by letter from Cable Baptist Church in Louisville, so a believer follower of the Lord in baptism. Um, and then her two sons, Elijah, right, with an A, Elijah with an A, and then Deshaun, have both made professions of faith in Jesus, but have never been baptized. So Elijah and Deshaun are coming by baptism, and so they will follow the Lord in baptism. So would you let them know how excited you are that they're part of Northside? Love you all. Y'all can go be seated. Now, Elijah here, you want, a, you want a picture? Come on, we can do pictures. Come on back. Why not? Let's take pictures. I'll get my good side. Can I be in the picture? Right, y'all can be seated. Now, Elijah uh, is a Kentucky basketball fan, and he's already been working back there in the sound booth. Um, and so he's a senior. He'll be graduating in a couple months. Uh, so he'll be with us for a couple more months, but we're excited um, to have them. All right, next up is Kai. Where's Kai at? Kai, come on. This is Kai. This is Kai. Come on. I mentioned, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I'm trying to be careful because we broadcast this mentioned the last name. So if you want to know the last name and you don't know, just come see me. I'll let you know. So this is Kai. Kai, you're 13, right? Is that what you told me? So Kai came a couple weeks ago. We sat in the office, and she had come because she wanted to follow Jesus in baptism. And so I said, Kai, why do you want to be baptized? And her response was, because Jesus died for me, a sinner. That's all I got to know. That's all. Look at Paul right here. You got to take a picture. Right? She's going back to sit down. So Kai is a believer in Jesus, and so she also wants to follow him in baptism. So she's coming to join uh, through baptism. And so Jesus Christ died for me, and I'm a sinner. That's what you need to know. And then we build from that. We teach you more and more. So praise the Lord for that. All right, next up is Ken and Anita. So they're going to come on. So clap for them. So Ken and Anita, if you're if you wondering which one is which, Ken and Anita. Um, so they are both believers in Jesus Christ, have followed him in baptism, got to hear their story and how Christ saved them. And they are members, are moving their letter from Praise Mill Baptist Church in Douglasville. So they desire to partner with what God's doing here to work with us. Uh, they're already at work. So I'm just Anita back there helping Robin before getting ready for the lunch. And so would you let them know that you're excited for what the Lord is doing as well? We'll post that all over the internet later. 
All right, so, so Ken and Anita rejoicing in that. And all of these folks, by the way, have already been through the new members class. So this is the last step for them. So, and then the last family is Kevin and Amanda. They're sitting over there, and they're four kids, so they're going to they're gonna come up, all four of you. There we go. There's the fourth one. So you all come on up. So we met in the conference room because it was bigger than my office. Um, and it was really cool because I said, hey, I want to hear from each of you your story, how you came to know Jesus Christ. And I believe Vivian was the one that raised her hand first. So I got to listen to each of them share their story. So Kevin and Amanda, believers in Jesus Christ, moving their letter from Praise Mill Baptist as well. Um, so they're coming by letter. So would you rejoice in that with Kevin and Amanda? Oh, wait. So to my left is Ariel, the basketball player, a future star in the making. Um, she is already a believer in Christ and has already followed the Lord in baptism. So she too is coming by letter from Praise Mill Baptist. So you rejoice with her. All right, I'm just going by age and also by height a little bit. So uh, Everett, um, Everett is a believer in Jesus Christ but has never followed him in baptism. And so he's coming by baptism, wanting to follow Jesus in baptism. So would you rejoice with Everett? And then we have Vivian, right? Did I say that right? Vivian, same, same. She spoke up first. Let me share a believer in Jesus Christ, given her life to him, but has never followed him uh, in baptism. So she too is going to join through baptism. So would you celebrate with her? And then my, my man down here, Malachi's buddy, Garrison, uh, Garrison is just coming with the family and the Lord I know is working in his heart and we'll just continue to pray for him as we just teach him and help him learn more and more about Jesus. So this is, I'm not saying last names, the family, Kevin and Amanda, so would you <laughs> rejoice and celebrate with them? All right, you guys can go be seated. All right, so usually I just have them like come stand up here and you come hug a neck and shake hands. But if you see them around the lunch or before you leave, just let them know how excited you are. This is an awesome, awesome thing that the Lord is doing. But it is also our responsibility to come alongside them, to say, hey, these are your strengths. Where has the Lord gifted you to hear from them? And then to say, okay, plug in. We want to see you serving we want to help you grow in your relationship um, with Jesus Christ. And so we are excited uh, about that. And so that's five over the next several weeks, month, as we begin to schedule these, that we're really going to see the baptismal waters stirred. And so we rejoice in that. Amen. Can we give God the glory just one more time? Amen. Amen. Now it's time to go eat. And time to celebrate Curtis and Ann. And so just on behalf of the church, I just want to say we love you guys. Thankful for you. Um, going from just a personal word, being in churches where I didn't really have a staff, to now I get to have an incredible staff. And to be able to do this with you, man, is a blessing and an honor. And we love both of you very, very much. And so we want you, do you have a question or a comment? Oh, John's got a comment. I just thought he was stretching his back back there.
That's awesome. Awesome. Praise the Lord. That's great. That is, that is awesome. That is awesome. All right, so a couple instructions here before we are dismissed. i got to pull up my notes. Um, obviously, we're going to let Curtis and Ann go first. At some point, if you'll just stop by and let them know, hey, we, we love you, we're thankful for you, we're praying for you. Um, unfortunately, there's not enough room in the fellowship hall to fit all of us. So some of you will be in the fellowship hall where they are. We have seating in the education building. We have seating in the activity room. So when Mike comes to pray in just a moment, if you guys will make your way out, we want you to go first. Then seniors, uh, you've been spoiled this past week. We're going to spoil you again. We want you to follow Curtis and Ann. You can go second. And then I was told if you have young kids, I don't know how young the kid has to be, you can go after them. So if you want to go grab an extra kid and say, hey, can you come be with my family today? It may get you through the line quicker. Another important note, because of lack of room, all the desserts are in the education building. There's a couple tables right when you walk in. So if you go to the fellowship hall and you're like, hey, no desserts for Curtis and Ann, you just got to go to the next building. Um, so thank you guys. We love you. Man, what a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. And let me, let me just say while well, I have the moment, special thanks to Pastor Gary, who not only preached God's word uh, this past week, but multiple things happened this past week since I wasn't here. Man, he just stepped right in went to the hospitals, tried to get there as quickly as possible. And that's what we desire in associate pastor, um, dealing with sickness in the family throughout. And he was there every time he needed to be without my asking him. He just did it on his own. And so a special thank you to, to Pastor Gary. Kurt. Now, now Curtis has a word. You need a microphone? Oh, he said he's going to be here another 20 years. He doesn't know what the big deal is. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, where's Mike? There he is. Come on, Mike. If you'll close us in prayer, ask the Lord to bless this food and, and fellowship. If you'll stand, we'll be dismissed. Oh, one other thing. You got an announcement? Man, we'll lead at some point. There are already half of you are standing. Stay standing. Quickly. We have two very rough drafts of the directory out on the welcome desk. We just printed them off this morning, so obviously the quality is not what it will be. We just need you to go through and make sure your picture is updated and make sure the name and address and phone number is right. Put a check mark if it's good. If it's incorrect, please write the correct information so that when we print it for real, we have all the information. So they're out there on the welcome desk. If you're not in the directory, just write your name. We apologize. It was not intentional. Now, I'm turning it over to Mike. Number one, uh, this is Matt Costa. Thank you all for joining. That was great. I was great. Thank you for increasing our membership. But as the deacon of the week, I want to bring up, who is that? I want to bring up one of my families, Lanny and Wanda Adams. Uh, I've been attending to them this week. And we need some special help. And what I want to ask, if you're available and are willing to make arrangements to get Wanda to Grady Hospital, we're going to try to get her there to visit Lanny. If
every day until he comes out of ICU and is back at home. So think about that if you're available and willing to drive to Grady. And I don't know, I think you just want to stay a while and then come back home. Get in touch with me or Suzanne, my wife, and then we'll discuss it from there. Uh, we've had a lot going on this week. Uh, two losses, and we've been praying for that for uh, a celebration today. Uh, all facets of things. We've had the, the accident with Wanda and Landon, and we've had uh, Bobby Holland with the uh, appendix problems and in the hospital. And just continue to pray for these people. Uh, the biggest thing is God is still with us in the good times, in the hard times, in all times. So let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this church family that we can depend on, that we can fellowship with and, and share our problems and share our joys and, and good times. We thank you for the sermon today that uh, focuses so much on you will be with us to the end of the age, and you're always with us, like I said before, in the good times in the hard times, in all times, Lord. We thank you for that assurance. Now I turn my attention to the meal today in celebration of Curtis and Ann. Just pray that you have blessed the food to our bodies, bless those who prepared it, and bless us, your servant, Lord. For it's in Christ's name I ask.